0: Well, hello, and thank you for tuning in to this, the second episode of A Fistful of Hops. This week, we're going to be looking at cameras revitalisation project and the role of specialist beer shops in the UK. So, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Roger Smith. Sit back, relax, and let's get started. Cue music. So, Camera's revitalisation project. According to Camera, this is going to be a review of Camera's purpose, where Camera sets out what it's trying to achieve and how it hopes to achieve that. So, I'm quoting from the document now. Camera say that their national and regional directors met in Sheffield in May 2015 to discuss whether major change was needed to keep the campaign relevant. It was agreed to set up a project to review and, if necessary, redefine camera's purpose and positioning. So, that's what they'd like to do. How do they intend to go about doing it? Well, they have launched a consultation process which appears to be in three stages. First, they're going to have a series of meetings, uh, national meetings. There's going to be 15 of these consultation events. Held around the country. There is also a short online survey which I have filled in, and to be honest, I thought it was pretty woeful. Um, or there is a consultation survey which was included with the booklet that camera members have been sent, which you can send back to camera. So that's what camera want to do and how they want to do it. Within the booklet that most members have been sent are a number of questions. Questions that Camera obviously wants its membership to discuss and to decide on, such as: Should Camera represent real ale drinkers, cider drinkers, and perry drinkers, or should cider and perry drinkers form their own organisation? Should Camera represent real ale drinkers, or all beer drinkers in general? Now, while I'm all for uh, Camera re-examining its position and re-examining its focus, I can't help feeling that they've not been fundamental enough in the issues that they're addressing. For me, there are two fundamental issues. One, does camera need to change? Yes, of course it does. Camera was formed more than 40 years ago now, and what was relevant 40 years ago is not necessarily relevant now. I know it's a cliché, but the world has changed both culturally and economically. When Canberra first started, America wasn't brewing anything worth drinking. Australia, New Zealand were doing nothing. There was no craft beer movement in the Scandinavian countries. Um, Keg beer then, as compared to keg technology now, was light years apart. There's been such a fundamental change that although I feel that what cameras set out to do 40 years ago was laudable, they've achieved an awful lot and they've had some major successes, and I think you should be credited with that, it's not necessarily the case that what was fit for purpose 40 years ago is fit for purpose now. And I feel that unless you change, you end up becoming obsolete. Um, and that's as real with campaigning organisations as it is with cars, pocket watches, calculators and all the rest so based on the fact that I think camera needs to change I think the fundamental issue for me and one that camera don't address is what is the campaign for real ale now they hint at it Because they say, some of these innovations are challenging issues for camera with its traditional focus on what is real ale and what isn't. Many drinkers now think good beer is more about its quality and flavour rather than what type of container it comes from. To me, that's the fundamental issue. We know what a campaign is. Camera is the campaign for real ale. We know what a campaign is. What's real ale? Camera have got a definition of real ale. But my question is, is that definition fit for purpose? Can it be changed? Should it be changed? I think it can be changed. And I think it should be changed. So as ever, let's go down the pub and discuss it further. Get your coat and let's go. So the first question is, can the definition of real ale be changed? Yes, of course it can. Let's have a look at another definition. The definition of pi. Pi is a number approximately 3.142 which is the circumference of any circle divided by its diameter. That's what it is. That definition is immutable. There's no arguing with it. That's what it is. Canva's definition of real, real ale is not that. It's arbitrary. Four blokes sat around a pub table and came up with it. They came up with an arbitrary definition of what real ale is. It's not like the definition of pi. It's not like a mathematical definition that can't be changed. So it can be changed. The question is, should it be? Yes. Yes, I rather think it should. Now, why does it matter, you may ask, what the actual definition of real ale is? Well, of course, if you're a campaign for real ale, depending how you define real ale, then tells you what you argue for, what you argue against, what you'll accept, what you won't accept, and where you see your focus. So, by having the definition, it gives you a scheme or a plan in order to move forward as to actually what it is you're campaigning for and how you're gonna go about that campaign. So, with that in mind, what is CAMRA's definition? Well, CAMRA's definition of real ale is it uses traditional ingredients, yeast, barley, etc., that it's produced by or matured by secondary fermentation in the container from which it is dispensed, and that there is no use of extraneous CO2 now when we look at those three things traditional ingredients matured by secondary fermentation in the container from which it's dispensed and extraneous CO2 I'm quite happy with the idea of traditional ingredients yeah I want no problem with that matured by secondary fermentation in the container from which it's dispensed well, what does that actually mean what it means is essentially when the beer has undergone primary fermentation, where sugars have been turned to alcohol, it's flat. At the end of primary fermentation, the yeast has spent its time making alcohol. In order for beer to be carbonated, to have some bubbles, it undergoes secondary fermentation. Now, in Cameron's definition, that secondary fermentation where the yeast act to produce CO2 rather than concentrating on turning sugars into alcohol, according to Cameron's definition, that should take place in the container, cask or bottle, from which it's then dispensed. So, if you've got some yeast in a bottle, working away on that beer, it produces bubbles within that bottle, you then serve it from that bottle, you're fine. Cask, the same. The beer's in the cask, it undergoes secondary fermentation, i.e. it acquires its bubbles from the yeast that's still in suspension in that beer and it's then dispensed from that cask via hample into your pint. That's all fine according to camera's definition. I can live with that. Um, I suspect Brewdog, Thornbridge, a few others would like to see that gone, but I can live with it. So... We've got traditional ingredients, fine. Secondary fermentation in the container from which it's dispensed, yep, I'll even live with that. Now, extraneous CO2. This is the big problem. And I suspect that when it was first written, when it was first put into the definition by camera, it was done so with a specific aim in mind, which I think is now causing problems. And I think it's getting in the way of how the beer market's actually developing. And it's this element of the definition, the idea that you cannot use extraneous CO2, that I think should be changed, and that I want to look at next. So, time for one of my famous, soon to be world famous, 10 second beer reviews. And then we'll have a look at why extraneous CO2 should be allowed in the definition of real ale. So, Back in a minute. 10 second beer review. And today it is Sainsbury's Taste the Difference IPA. 5.9%, 500ml bottle, made for them by Marsden's. Aroma-wise, there is a hoppy aroma there. Quite delicate. Taste-wise, start soft, quite bland slight amount of bitterness at the finish one pound fifty a bottle but why would you bother so much better stuff out there avoid it so what do i think the problem is with camera excluding the use of extraneous co2 in their definition well firstly i think there are two uses of extraneous co2 and that they should be separated out the first is that you replace secondary fermentation with carbonation by extraneous CO2 so as I said in primary fermentation sugars are turned to alcohol secondary fermentation that's where beer requires its bubbles its carbonation now you can do that within the cask or bottle the yeast that's still in suspension creates the bubbles or you can pump it full of CO2 and create carbonation that way in the same way that they do with soft drinks, fizzy drinks. Now I know that there are companies, Brewdog, most famous, lots of American craft brewers who do do that. They carbonate their products with extraneous CO2. Now the pros and cons of that I'd like to leave to one side. My issue is with camera not allowing extraneous co2 to be used to dispense beer because quite obviously what that does is says that keg beer is not allowable under the banner of real ale and it's that above all that i have an issue with let me give you an example i made a pilsner i did it using traditional ingredients, so that satisfies camera's definition of real ale, I allowed it to undergo secondary fermentation within the keg. So that satisfies camera's definition of real ale. When I came to dispense from that keg, when I put it up to the keg tap, the first five pints that I pulled from that keg were all dispensed without extraneous CO2 because the CO2 that had built up in the keg not only carbonated this Pilsner but provided enough pressure to dispense the Pilsner into the glass. So I pulled about five pints. By the end of that, the pressure dropped in the keg and there wasn't enough pressure to continue to dispense. So I linked it up to a CO2 cylinder, so the first five people who got their drinks, their drinks were real ale under Camo's definition, traditional ingredients, they'd undergone secondary fermentation in the keg they were dispensed from, and they were dispensed without the use of extraneous CO2. But, the fifth pint, sorry, the sixth pint, because I'd linked it up to a CO2 cylinder at that point, to push the beer out of the keg threw the tap into the glass, didn't count. You will not convince me that there was any change in that beer between those first five pints and that sixth one. That's just a nonsense. But that sixth pint and every subsequent pint fell outside Cameron's definition. Well, that's ridiculous. There's just no justification for that. It's an error in the definition and the difficulty is we're now in a situation there's been a huge explosion in craft beer I'm not going to get into that discussion. There's been a massive influence from America. The American tradition has never been to put it in casks it's been keg. Camera by rigidly sticking to a definition from the 1970s where none of these developments were on the horizon is simply turning its face against what's actually happening. Moreover, why can you not use extraneous CO2 to dispense? Well, one of the arguments is it affects the beer. I don't believe that. I do not believe that if you're dispensing correctly using extraneous CO2, and you're dispensing an already carbonated beer the CO2 is going to affect the carbonation or the taste of that beer. It can do. You can make it so that you actually over carbonate the beer by doing it. But it's not, it doesn't necessarily follow. You can use CO2 to dispense beer without affecting that beer in either taste or carbonation level. And if that's true, which it is, I don't see what possible grounds there are for saying that you can't use extraneous CO2 for dispense. So my concern is, not only are camera turning away from keg beer, based on what I consider to be a faulty definition, but they're then using arguments against keg beer as to why keg beer cannot be real beer which are frankly just not true If you go on Camera's website, they have a section which is called Why isn't all beer real? They say of keg beer that it's a chilled, filtered and pasteurised product which kills off beer as a living product that there's no natural CO2 that it has to be force carbonated resulting in an unnaturally fizzy beer and the only real ale has the complexity of taste and aroma that qualifies it as real beer. That's rubbish from start to finish. I make beer in kegs. It is not filtered. It is not pasteurised. There is secondary fermentation in that keg. It's not being killed off at all. It is living. Because there's been secondary fermentation in the keg, there is natural CO2. I do not have to force carbonate it. When I dispense it using extraneous CO2, it does not affect the carbonation level. It does not give you an unnaturally fizzy beer any craft brewer you talk to who uses kegging will tell you the same now they may filter it they may pasteurize it and that's a different matter but can they keg it without filtering it without pasteurizing it without force carbonating it yes they can so to say that that must be the case for keg beer is rubbish and to say that only real ales Have the complexity of taste and aroma that you desire. Well, I'm sorry, but some of the blandest, most insipid pints of puddle water that I've ever drunk have been cask beers that have had cameras stamp of approval. Some of the most vibrant, aromatic beers I've ever drunk have come out of kegs and do not have cameras seal of approval. So that's just blatant propaganda, in in effect an attempt to shore up a definition, rather than admit the definition is 1K and needs changing. It does need changing. So, let's leave the pub, head back to Half Cut Towers, and we can wrap up this week's discussion. See you back there. i'm getting slower or that jaguar is getting faster anyway what's our summary well for camera revitalization good need to look at fundamental issues and for me the absolute bottom line is what is real ale and what definition should we use so thank you for listening Hopefully we'll get some feedback on this and we can have another radio show where I answer some of the uh, comments, queries and questions that have come in. Alright, stay looking and I'll see you next time. Bye now. If you want to get in touch, you can leave a comment on the website, which is www.afistfulofhops.co.uk you can email me at roger, that's R-O-G-E-R, that's roger at a fistful of hops, again, all one word, .co.uk. You can find me on Facebook under A Fistful of Hops, and you can even use Twitter, and that will be on at A Fistful of Hops. So there really is no excuse. Now, back to the music.